everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii Podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro. How's it? Devin Akowa. Hello. I want, I want, like, oh, oh, you want, you want yeah. intro Come music? play some music. Okay. It'll make it so much more interesting. All right. Before we begin, let me remind our listeners of all the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. Of course, you can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts to listen to the podcast. And of course, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com. If you'd like to help the show get more music on the channel, please go to patreon.com and donate. There you'll get more involved with the show and help determine who and what is filmed. I'd like to thank three new patrons that we had Ooh, since nice. over the break. We had a week off. Mike, Deborah, and Calico. Thank, thank you. you so thank much you for being uh, supportive. Um, Koopa Koopa Landscaping. Can't speak enough about them. They are landscape architects. You can call Kevin Yokomura at 808-722-8685 for a free test estimate. You can also go to koopakoopalandscaping.com. I really like this. Right? This I'm is telling nice. you, man. So much better. And we'd also like to thank uh, Fort Ruger Market. We did have uh, It Smoked Me Fridays, as uh, you all know, but... Uh, we didn't do smoke meat today. I still had my Brugalicious bowl. I had the char shoe plate. It was really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. The char shoe plate was good? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. And you can find Devin. Kamu really liked this food because he ate the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, very quickly. <laughs> find Devin at Kamu... Uh, Kamu... Kamu <laughs> 94.7. You can go to highlifeclothing.com to find Kyle. And now, uh, without further ado, I introduce our guest, Mr. Kamuala Kahuano. Uh, one of the best. One of the best guys around. And man, that was beautiful. <laughs> Super talented individual. So, Kamu, you know what distinction you have that barely anybody has? What is that? The when I when I no when I bring you up to my wife, mm. you get a positive like response. Really? Yeah. So, uh, like, so say. Wow. Wait, okay, wait. What about <laughs> what about Austin? Austin? Yeah, I will use an example. Okay, okay. I will give you an example. Okay. If I go like, uh, oh, um, a states uh, Devin called. She'll be like, yeah, what he want? <laughs> that would be her response, right? But then today I go, I'll go to the podcast and uh, Kamuela Kahuana, she's like, oh, Kamuela, oh, tell him I said hello. Like, she's like, wow. like pleasant, you know? You like, know, they can sniff out things like like good intro music <laughs> <laughs> long before it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Not only that, that that's an achievement I did. She's drugged up too right now too. Yeah, yeah. Is she drugged up? Said to tell you. Well, I mean, (laughs) sort of, but uh, she just had nose surgery. Oh wow. Oh, what the? That is no joke. Yeah. What you had? The the one that I had. Yeah, the one that you had. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. But but hers, I don't think was as bad as yours because only one side. Only only, one, yeah, one side. I mean, they did two sides, but only one side. They had to do a lot of stuff or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, she seems fine, and she's tough, man. I told her she's kind of like Wolverine, because you know, um, <laughs> Wolverine. When she, when we had it, so she had C-section both times for the our two kids, and normally they're like, oh, you're gonna be kind of sore for a bit, you know, you know. So they're, they're warning me, right? Because now I gotta pick up all the slack and take care of these babies and stuff. But the day after her c-section she was walking around and doing stuff and walking yeah. around yeah walking around dude i think that's the nicest compliment you could ever give your yeah. wife like you're, she's wolverine yeah you're like wolverine, <laughs> yeah <man. laughs> she is dude but you, gets, you may <laughs> want to explain for the people listening on the podcast what i mean you know, not everybody knows well, who wolverine is so oh how could you not know who wolverine is or how wolverine affects nose surgery yeah exactly yeah like what is well the, wolverine is an x-man he's X-Man. a part of the x-men yeah. he's a superhero one of the best superheroes, I would say. 
And his body, well, first of all, his skeleton is made out of adamantium, which is a strong metal. But besides that, he also has regenerative properties in that he heals very quickly. So that's what you meant. So that's what I meant. Your wife is like a berserker and very hairy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because you can't, you gotta make sure you qualify that, bro. Yeah, that's true. Have claws. You can't just say she's Wolverine. And And to clarify that, uh, uh, the 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 adamant he heals faster than the adamantium can take him out. Yeah. Right? Because otherwise he can't harbor that yeah. in oh, his body. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's right. Don't ask me how I know that. Oh, you guys make me feel like I'm in jellies or something. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wish I was a jelly. Let the geeking begin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the AC it doesn't feel that cold, yeah? No, if it's it gets hotter, we can here. pause and turn it back Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so so uh, Kamuela is a musician, um, dad, all-around cool guy. We write a lot of music, play a lot of styles. Yeah, and actually, um, we were talking about. I totally forgot this about you, um, and so Kyle brought it up. But I forgot that you used to play rock music back in the day. Yeah, I mean, at any point, I could just flip right back into it. But, so, so you still enjoy doing that? But you guys, you guys all have had your rock phases, right? Where we still not, not John more or less. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I like rock music, but I never, I never played. I didn't get into it like how. I, I, all I'm saying is that you can play pretty much any genre style of music and play it pretty well. Which so is, when you yeah. perform, do you mix it up right now? Or are you currently just doing what you're doing now? Where you do something like Troy in a Pearl Jam song or something? Or how does that work now? I combine um, production elements with, you know, song repertoire. Basically, that that's my, my I guess you could say, bread and butter secret. It's, it's, it's all about, for me, trying to give them the best experience that, that I can with the knowledge that I have. So um, let's say I, I, I know a bunch of like rock songs, right, that I've played in the past. And I know these people are susceptible to, you know, the effect of the rock. So then I say, okay, that's gonna give it's <laughs> gonna it's gonna give them an experience that, that, that they won't forget. And and that's my that's my um, that's what I'm kind of shooting for. So you change it up according to the I audience. change it up almost almost in real time. Which that's makes awesome. sense because okay, well first of all hold on, I'm gonna move this a little closer to you. Oh okay, sorry. Signal. Yeah, because you're you play a lot of gigs. You, you're you've won awards for like wedding, like best wedding guy around or whatever. I, like I, it, I don't know what it's called. I'm going to clarify that award. So anyone okay. can really win that award. But oh. but what happens is like if you have wedding couples and they truly appreciated what you did, they will excuse me. They will go on there. <laughs> <laughs> They'll they'll go on there and onto the sites and they'll actually give you compliments and reviews. Now, there are a lot of people that you know suck the reviews out of out of the clientele and mm. they actually kind of guide them toward positivity. But in my experience, I haven't really had to do that. I might just say like, if you feel like giving a review, then uh, feel free because they're not one that's like, please, please, please give me, give me, the you know. So that 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 combined with like word of mouth. I actually didn't get the best of weddings award for like six years prior to me getting one, and the re- when I was eligible. But the reason I didn't get one was because I was under another wedding vendor, or I just chose to do everything under that wedding vendor. And um, but I was getting a lot of my own weddings at the same time. So had I done that, uh, I would be like almost ten years deep in like best of wow. awards. But as of right hey, now, explain I have that three. There, there's wedding vendor. So you, you partner with a vendor so that. 
if people come to them for wedding planning, they recommend you kind of thing? Is that how the... Yeah, so I, I've never really done the wedding circuit, so I don't... It's super unique for me. Like, I, I deal with almost, like, 70 different coordinators. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've never really, like, done the, okay, I'm going to sign up under this one person, and I'm going to try go for it that way. I always just kind of... It was all word of mouth. And then I go, I play another wedding. That person might like it, and then they'll call me up. And then I play another wedding. Do a yeah. wedding, get a thing. Yeah. Do a wedding, get a thing. Okay. Do a wedding, get a thing. <laughs> that's how that's how it happened. And I know a lot of the coordinators out there simply because of that. And and ninety percent or more actually of the wedding coordinators I've dealt with really earn their job, and mm. they have a passion for it, and and they're good. And that's how I have been able to stay in it. So is that the majority of your performances now? Is at these banquets, functions, and weddings? Is that where you where you usually at now? We can find you there, or do you have a steady gig somewhere? We can uh, check you out at. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that. There's no easy answer to that. I do gigs, uh, steady gigs, and then I have weddings. I do events. I do private things. I do concerts. I'm on the Slacky tour. He does everything. Yeah. Okay. How's that been being on the Slacky tour? Dude, that is <laughs> that is crazy awesome. Okay, I was gonna do like a skit with these glasses, but I'm. That's <laughs> <laughs> too late. Already. I've expired the time limit. Already. <laughs> um, so, what was the question? <laughs> how, how's the Slacky Tour? Slacky Tour is great, man. Um, I've learned so much from all of those guys, and I can't thank them enough for, for those experiences, musically and then as people, too. Like, I only get a few minutes with them. Is that with Milton? With Milton, yeah. Yeah, Milton yeah, explain, Lau. Explain the Slacky Tour, because people who are listening okay, don't know uh, that so, is. So Milton Lau, um, I don't know the real history about it, but uh, I know that you know back in the day he started the Slacky Festival here in Honolulu. And that that became a big event that would happen every year, and they do. Then they started doing neighbor islands, and then now they've expanded it so that they take the slacky guys, you know, uh, nation. I, well, I wouldn't say nationwide, but I mean they take them up to the mainland and do shows and, and whatnot. And uh, I think the nice thing about slacky is that it's, you know, it's very universal. The the guitar and and the playing is very different than most. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll tell a story. I know that uh, so. Uh, Makana, mm-hmm. the the slacky artist, right? He he's my age, so I knew him from we when we were in high school, and at one t- at one point he was really into like this uh, new age, uh, open string tuning that. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He he had a, this phase of that, you know, and then uh, he would he would tour like with all these open tuning type guys that would play these crazy guitar stuff, and and then you know one day we were talking, he's like, John, man, I was backpacking through Europe doing these shows like he would just go to europe and just have a backpack full of cds and just sell them and just try to make his way and he's like and the one thing that that's so unique with us is the slack key because mm-hmm. everybody everybody can play really well you know all these like open tuning type of things but he's like you play slack key people are like whoa what is that you what know, like, you have to explain again what is open tuning so open tuning, open tuning was slack key no slack key isn't really a style of playing um in my definition, I don't know. Everybody has their own definition of psyche, but uh, open tuning just means that you're tuning the guitar to a, a chord. Well, every guitar is technically tuned to a chord, even if it's your standard tuning. But but a, a you know a chord that you can play w- without holding anything down. So there's like A tuning, D tuning, C tuning, G F tuning. Yeah, and then and then from there everyone does their own style but slack key has a specific type of sound and feel to it that um you know the hawaiians invented because they never you know the, the paniolos came spanish paniolos came they brought the guitar then they left 
only had so many guitars, right? So Hawaiians figured out how to play the bass line and the melody on the same guitar. Uh, and that became kind of the style of slack key. Oh, okay. Versus, you know, the Paniolas had the you know bass guitar and then they'd have a guy playing the up, up high part leads. So... Um, so the the slacky was invented so that they could play be a one man yeah band. be a one man band yeah then. yeah it was kind of like uh out of necessity kind of thing mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. and they got so good at it um and then around i mean if i could contribute one line to that there was a thing my 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 dad was talking to um to uh, uh gabby pahinui and gabby's told him that one of the licks that was in one of his best songs actually came from a led zeppelin lick from oh. uh, uh, is it jimmy page yeah yeah so and then really yeah Do you remember that song i like? dad can tell you but he i can't remember off uh, you know top wow of my head. i don't know by the way man i seen your dad at uh, kahala mall the other day mm-hmm. there's a reason why he's like known as an ambassador because like you know you just pass by the his dad is Kimo Kahawano by the way yeah 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 Kimo's dad is Kimo Kahawano but like you know normally John, like uh, John keeps making all these references I'm like dude yeah. explain the references man sorry, sorry. explain the references but normally you pass somebody in the, in the mall and you go like hey how's it you know and you walk by he gives a like how's it like with the oh, shakas yeah. and everything you know is, he, he, is he like that at home <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you gotta have, you have two modes, right? You have daddy mode, and then you have Kimukahoana mode, and I got to experience both in the in the same household. <laughs> um, when was he Kimukahoana mode? When he was having fun. Mm-hmm. So whenever we like maybe go play basketball, if we sink a shot, he's Kimukahoana entertainer. Uh, uh. Yeah. If if I have trouble with my homework, <laughs> it's a different if you don't do different person altogether. Yeah, yeah. Well. No, not really. Like, he still tries to make it fun at first, and then when it gets frustrating, he's like, why do they have these problems for four-year-olds? Or <laughs> something <laughs> like first graders. And then he's like, because <laughs> it didn't happen much, but when he couldn't get an answer because the book, it was like a trick question or whatever, and um, then we'd look in the back of the book, and he'd be like, no, actually, back then, they didn't have the answers in the back of the book. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you we spent all night, and he was just so frustrated. And I didn't know why, because I was just a son in the household, right? I didn't know that he had, like, five gigs to do the next day mm-hmm. that uh. he was prepping for. You know, and come on, son, get it. Get it, son. <laughs> got to get back to this. That's nice. I do that He spent that time with you. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And him and my mom, they both. They both. Yeah. Did you grow up next to Alamana Center stage just watching all these entertainers go through? Funny you should say that. I had the, one of the only primary memories I have of when I was, like, eight or nine years old was when, um, yeah, not two or three, eight or nine. <laughs> but uh, it was it was him playing the song by Paul Simon. What, what was that song? Man walks down the street, street in a strange world. Oh, yeah. You can call me out. Yeah. Yeah, and and who was on bass? He but, was uh, playing that song? He was singing it. Really? And Frank DeLima was like the, the other act. Oh, interesting. Really? Whoa, I had no idea. Yeah, so, and... And Frank had his band, right? Yeah. So it was like it wasn't just Frank; like he had his whole um, show, his whole shtick going, and it was awesome, man. So many laughs. Even when I was a kid, I, I just yeah. the way that he says it, like it comes across as funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, my dad would be on the, on the, I don't know if he went first or, or last, but I remember who who I'm trying, I can't think of his name right now, but he he played bass back then, but he plays guitar with everyone now. Left-handed player. Oh, Jack Ophoya? Jack Ophoya. So Jack, I have great respect for because when he was young and he was like this debonair, handsome dude, he was on the bass and he's like, every time that riff would come up, I go like, 
And the slide at the end was always like, and I was like, whoa, I want to do what that guy does. That's Jack. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the combo of like dad, uh, Uncle Dennis Kamakahi, Jack O'Foya, um, the countless others, Willie K. I went backstage one time when I was a kid and it was like second birthday bash. And who is sitting there but this giant man? I was like, who's that? And then he's like, oh, that's Israel Kamakavivoli and that's Makaha Sons, and they're going to play tonight. And um, I think that same night was Willie K. Yeah. And then he takes me out on the stage. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) He's like, son, get out over here. I get out there, I look in the crowd, it's just this blinding, like, 9,000 people, just like. And then then he's like, do what you do at home. What do you mean, do what I do at home? He's like, do that thing you do at home. So I start doing a moonwalk across the stage. <laughs> and then everybody's like, Wah! and then I was like, I want that feeling. <laughs> and um, yeah. And, I was and actually I, there at that birthday bash. So you really? do you remember me doing that? I do not. But uh, the birthday blushes, the birthday bashes were always a blur. Sorry, again, backstory. <laughs> when we worked at FM, when FM 100 was first beginning as a radio station, um, I, I worked there. Uh, along with your father wow. and the birthday bashes would happen and your dad would have to get up there and MC, and so he would have you guys there and make you guys do stuff because you know it's all about embarrassing your kids but um i mean those were the that was the heyday of those things happening because you you would see these amazing performances you know one-of-a-kind performances happening on that stage and it was this huge collection of people the the part that was weird about birthday bash was you had like five minutes yeah, every group yeah. every group had like two songs the best <laughs> like, part oh, of it was backstage oh yeah yeah for sure everybody's for hanging sure. out back there eating and cruising yeah. was the best yeah. part but um i David, can you get a little bit more up on the mic yeah. thanks sure but you know i wanted to tell you i should tell your father but the um the thing i remember is uh i learned a lot about emceeing from your dad Right, because and and I think you did too. I think we we both did, right? Because your dad has this easy relationship with people that he just he can create out of thin air. It's like you said, right? When he becomes Kimo Kahuano, and I had to learn how to do that. And the way I learned it is the way that you learned it when he brought you out on stage. That boy, do the thing you do, because that's basically what they would do. They would they bring you out on stage, and Randy Hudnall would go, okay, go ahead, introduce Manal Company. And I'd go, what? And he'd go, yeah, just go. <laughs> and it was exactly like that. But I had a mic. And they said, you got to go introduce the next band. And I'd be like, are you serious right now? This is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is totally happening. <laughs> and I have to go and I, I got to go do this. All right. And then you look out and it's a sea of really drunk people, most of whom look like they drove in from Y&I and, you know, <laughs> and Eva Beach and stuff. And I'm like, they're going to kill me, man. Right, if right. I screw but this you, up. But you're... you're I think I learned from like your dad and from Randy and those guys that and then you you have it as well that ability to zone in immediately when you get to an audience and go okay and you know which ones respond to immediately and you hit those guys and then you you know and then you morph it because I I've seen you play live at stuff and you you do that when you play you play a song and then you you sort of gauge where you're at with the audience and then he'll he'll shift a little bit, maybe play this song, and then go. Oh well, no, okay, we'll, we'll adjust a little bit and play that song. And it's mm. it's why he's so good at what he does. Sorry to. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, but I'm it is because you you <laughs> more than take a compliment right now. It's, no, it's, but it's I difficult. mean, just more than more than <laughs> a, uh, your your ability to do that is the thing that makes you special at because a lot of people are um, can play a wedding and just play the wedding. Right? They just get up there. They have a set of songs that they're going to do. They do the set of songs and they're done. But because you have such a varied um, range of things that you can do, yeah. you can get up there and go, I think I'm going to try a rock song. I, eh, maybe I'll try my solo stuff. Uh, maybe I'll do a country song. Uh, maybe, you know what I mean? And, and you can do it sort of on the fly, which yeah. is really difficult to do because every genre still sounds like you. Mm-hmm. It's just that mm-hmm. you sort of, you know, you put your come with a spin on it you know it's really crazy is that like i I think if i can add to that for me it's almost like every wedding is a concert Mm. and um while it's unplanned you know and impromptu mostly the craziest things happen sometimes like uh, i can remember one time the power went out right when i was in the middle of like i was singing i was like um this head that ice cold myself every one go and I was going through that song and I was like uh, don't believe me just one don't believe me just one and then after that power goes off I was like don't believe me just one don't believe me just one <laughs> and I started walking into the center of the oh. thing and um, and because no one would be able to hear me otherwise so it was a tent and there was all these tables and then it was like kind of like a dance floor so acoustically I went into the thing all the lights went out too so I went into the middle of the tent and I just started to like play. And I didn't care what I was playing, it didn't matter. And then when I went back and then I walked kind of back towards the stage and the guy like lifted up my quarter inch and he's like, he's like, it's power's back on. I said, really? And I went, boom, that, and everything like came back and like everybody went nuts. And this happened to be like the, I think it was one of the heads of WeWork. Oh, wow. It was a, it was a big, it was a big wedding. Yeah. Wow. It was awesome. Uh, so you were raised among all these Hawaiian entertainers and stuff through your dad, but then you pivoted and you, you your first band or your earlier type of music was rock. So how did you get into that 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 uh, that it's, type it's of It's kind music? of a too of a too long of a story to like divulge. Well, okay. So the the skinny of it is that me and my brothers were always into music, and and I enjoyed a lot of '90s rock because that's when I was kind of coming up. Mm-hmm. And so we practiced these things at, at Iolani, sitting outside of the class during free periods or whatever. And, um, you know, one of the guys I used to actually do that with was um, MC Shen, who went oh, on to yeah, yeah. Def Tech. Mm-hmm. So we would do some of that, like, one, once in a blue moon, like, upstairs and play each other's songs. And then Ikaika was doing that a lot with his classmates. And when he, when he, I hung out more with Ikaika, so it was, like, the class of 96. And so when I would hang out it's with them... Year. So <laughs> <laughs> when they would hang out we'd go into the um what was it the band room no the choir room uh mr armstrong would let us in and and he would let us kind of just develop our stuff so it was gerard hajmil uh kavika malama ikaika myself and and Braden ogata okay wow. i say these names because they are pivotal to how i became interested in music I didn't even think it was a possibility at first. But I would sit and I would just like write these little things. Now, one of them is actually a symphony I'm trying to finish um, now. And I'm almost done. And if, if it gets played by HYS or HSO, then that, that's the end goal right, right now is that symphony I'm working on. But anyways, 
So I was in the big, the very, very beginnings of those things. And then I would go to like the practice room, I'd play on my own. But then when these guys wanted to form an a cappella group, because you had, you know. Boys to Men? When we do, yeah, Boys to Men, mm. along together. And we do, 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 do. Yeah, so it yeah. wasn't just necessarily all rock. It was all this no, 90s it started music out with then. R&B. And yeah. then I found myself one day at the Esprit nightclub doing uh-huh. a, a, a prep show. And this was around the time Bruno was like, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, Johnny Valentine would be playing at Esprit Nightclub. There was a whole bunch of other people playing there. And through this guy, Gerard, who was from that line of performers, a bunch of guys mm-hmm. from Ebba Beach, and then they were performing at, at Esprit Nightclub. So he was kind of like the outcast, but he had the best voice out of all of them. So he was in the group. And so he sang all this like trippy high stuff, like singing Mariah Carey stuff. Like, mm, yeah, wow. he was unreal. And then you had Ikaika, who had this like high, high tenor voice. And then, you know, Braden Ogata. Should I say this? I don't, I don't know if it's okay. So he's, he's in the police force right now. And <laughs> think about Braden, he's got one of the lowest voices, like most pure low voices you've ever heard. So when he was, when we were, when we were younger, right? Like he would just, he would spit out this like super low and like bassy voice i was like oh bro. so when he do the uh the talking portion that all those songs had <laughs> on boys to men <laughs> hey baby <laughs> he did he yeah. did he yeah. did i just i just can't why don't you just come back to me yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you always need a guy like that yeah, if you have yeah, that yeah, band yeah, you yeah. got you got yeah. i mean it's 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 yeah it's required so we would practice almost every other day uh for like two or three hours oh, and we just go and we go and we go and then we were like we're gonna get a record deal and then uh, Babyface and uh, L.A. Reed, remember those names? Mm-hmm. So the idea was that Gerard was supposed to hand it to um, them with us present. But that's not what happened. He gave L.A. Reed through another source, through the thing. One of the songs was this song by Billy Ocean that we were kind of forming an arrangement for. And then we found that exact arrangement on another band that was produced by L.A. Reed. Oh, uh, maybe a year later. Yeah. What was your band called back then? I don't even want to. It's, it's probably so cheesy. It's ridiculous. Be like Hawaiian silk. I think it. <laughs> so, boys to men. Later on, <laughs> later on, it became it became NTO, which is not too often. And, oh, okay. and but before that, it was true to you, if I remember correctly. But with the two was a number two. And this was when they had like disguise, and Bruno was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, huh. was this during the chant era too? Mm, yeah, yeah. It was. Chant, yeah, and Forte. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Everybody's all of the, and they still had brown bags to start them, and yeah. they're kind of on the tail end. Tony good Braxton's. days, man. Yeah. Oh, but you guys, you guys got started in something that that was also pivotal. I mean, you talk about learning from musicians. It's my turn now. Mm. Um, oh no. <laughs> These always well, big. Well, John we, we didn't even get to finish about the Sly Key Festival. Yeah, we we won't yet. <laughs> so Pure Heart over there. See that? See yeah. that CD over there on the wall? So that was. That was, I, I must have been 18 or 19 or something, maybe even younger, when these guys were, were just exploding, you know, doing stuff. I mean, that would be what I like to consider, like, the, the, the rock of local music, you know? Mm-hmm. It was... We played some rock stuff. Yeah, but it was, it was so made you want to jump, made you want to get up and move, and, um, and the way they played, you know, I, I, Kyle Crater Boys was right before you guys, and then, right. like, the next year at Iolani, you guys performed, mm-hmm. and uh, do you remember that? I I remember all the Yolani, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, Yolani was one of our best. Like, you know what? Because we had a, 
for some reason, we had a really good relationship with the Yolani Jazz Band. They really liked our stuff. Mm. So whenever we'd come to Yolani, we'd feel really welcome, you know? Plus, they had an air I don't know gym. anybody that didn't really like your stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> Actually, yeah. to tell you yep. the truth, but okay. I mean, you're, you're all humble about it, but like, the, I mean, the fact is, a big part of what I've done over the years, you know, is because of you, is because of Jake, it's because of Lopaka. And um, both individually and together. So you guys have had a huge impact on me and my career. You know, and Thanks. it's nice to be able to say this on a, on a podcast. <laughs> uh, that's cool. I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we can spend more time on this if you like. No, no, no. It's okay. We can talk about other things. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. So, you, 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 I, I want, so one of the things I did want to touch, touch on is all your styles of music because you play basically everything. Interestingly enough, you play left-handed upside down. Too mm. like uh, Alex Kawakami. That's you right. Our left-handed upside-down brothers. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I think Alex has a much cleaner sound than me. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I haven't really started out there. You're stuck. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but um, was it hard to pick up like that, or How was did you it learn that? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you start, you you can't really stop. Like I tried to flip it and then play more than words. Yeah. yeah. Everybody tries, right? Took three months. Just to like get, you know, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom. And the coordination involved is like the coordination was already there and it was built in into the ukulele. Mm. So I had played ukulele. Most people oh, don't know that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're a ukulele player. Yeah. I was a ukulele player first for oh. like 10 years. Mm. And then I picked up the guitar at 15. So by then it was like I could only play this way. And then I was like, and then I did this one day. And I was like, oh, I can do it. And I was like, it's possible, even this way. So then I, I started to try to learn other songs. And there were there were a bunch of um, speed bumps along the way where I was like, oh, no, I cannot do that. And I give up. And No, because there's like, uh, so one of my favorite songs that I hope you'll, you'll play with me later is that oh. Have You Seen the Sun? It's a ah, song that he wrote. That'd be awesome. But I try to play it, but it, it's hard because uh, the way Kamuela plays, like he... It's upside down, right? So he's hitting yeah. bass notes. I want to hear how you play that, <laughs> In a different way than than I would, you know? And I'm trying to, like, emulate his style. But it's mm. hard. Because there really isn't so no upside-down, left-handed teaching out there. Like, you can't... How do you figure out the chords and stuff? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. So let's see the... Let's so see that's... Let's work this that's, that's the first riff. So so how do you play that one? Because I I, uh, I... I don't even know how I play this one. I, I don't even know what I, what I do... But um, hey, by the way, did you see? Uh, I, I'll tell you this too. Extreme came out with a new single. Did they really? After like thirty years, yeah. And Nuno Betancourt. Oh, he can, dude. It, it is insane. This, so I was watching Rick Beato, mm-hmm. and then he was talking about. Oh, he was the one who brought it up on YouTube. Rick Beato, shout out. And um, he's like, oh, people were calling me about. You got to see this. This uh lick that he's doing and his solo and stuff like that so i'm like okay mm. i'll watch this and i'm watching like holy poop like that is holy poop that is next level he stuff didn't like, age either he looks the no. same he um i saw him do uh he did barracuda uh-huh, uh-huh. it was him and nancy wilson and taylor hawkins was on drums and they oh. were they were playing separately that that whole separately together thing and they put it all together mm. dude he just like Oh, 
He makes you got just his sit jobs. there and go, oh. Yeah, just sit there going, I, yeah. yeah. Free yeah. Guy. It was just, it was fantastic, yeah. man. It was fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. uh, yeah, if you, if you get a chance, we'll, we'll okay. play. I, I can't play it now because we'll get hit with a copyright yeah. if we put it up. But yeah. after this, I'll play it for you. It's it's ridiculous. Okay. Well, let's but, see. Let's see you guys figure this out. G, right? Yeah. So, oh, so I'll, yeah. I'll keep it one up. So, yeah, like, mine is very John-esque sound design. See, that already sounds better than me. <laughs> no. But I'll okay. add to it. So then okay. he does... So then you do what? No, just keep going. Uh, so ready? One, two, one, two, three. Actually, I should move my my thing down here. I'm picking up the guitar, but yeah, that so neat. that know? was cool. It, it, it's a song that uh, Kamu wrote. I, I just love this freaking song, man. Like, I, um, he did it on, on our high session show, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, this this thing's got a and yeah, people people watch it. We featured it on our on our album that we we released, and uh, it's so good. And you have it on your album too. That's right. I, well, the version I tried to make was was hurried. And if I could, I'd, I'd totally redo it. I'd go back to the version that we did on High Sessions. And so, then, so laid back, yeah? What was that song about? It was about a lot of things. And um, it, it was, it, a lot of my songs have to do with losing loved ones. Mm. <laughs> you know, I hate to say that, but it's true. Like every time some, some, there's some kind of loss in your life or something, I always like the, the way to find that, that way back is always the song. And so Live Your Life was made like that. Um, Although Glide wasn't made like that, and that's like one of my most famous songs. Yeah, we we should yeah we should talk about that. So you're you're a songwriter as well, and um, so you write about interesting things, like interesting time. You have Grumpy. Yeah, Grumpy's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, <laughs> so, I like Grumpy too. So I mean, it's just like uh, but I what do you what that. do you come up with? I, I, <laughs> you just uh, it's just life experiences. Yeah, I mean, my my girlfriend at the time was um, sitting across the table, and she looks at me. She's got this look on her face, like this look right here. Oh, we get that all the time. And then I was like, <laughs> I knew I was in trouble. But, you know, I was also 22 or 23, right? And I was like, so what? <laughs> like, what's your problem, you know? I thought I did everything right today. And then she um, she just looks, she goes, I'm going to be, it's your fault. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I think it was because I was leaving for the Big Island. That was my first time to the Merry Monarch since I was three. Oh. And so I get there, and Skylark has me in for an interview. On the plane, I wrote the song, She's Grumpy, It's My Fault. Wow. Just from the time I left that breakfast, got on the plane, Hawaiian Air, by the way, so only like 40 minutes yeah. went by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just I just went through and I, I just started like saying my thoughts. So it's just my thoughts rolling out line after line. You had a guitar ukulele with you on the flight over? You- no, I just kind of like, I had my ukulele, but I was just kind of like, I didn't do this the whole time. <laughs> but I was like, if I was to... something and then I was like I'll throw in a stinger and I'd still like get that stinky eye oh my <laughs> I'm at the mer- and then I was like I'll throw in some more zingers I'm at the mercy of some hormones 
hormones. Guess which one is acting up now? And sometimes the weather might affect her as in no, I'm hot, don't touch me, not now. She says, no, take a shower. Because that's what she used to tell me, like, don't touch me until you take a shower. So you you would you could say that she wrote the song. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Does she get uh, credit for it on the? <laughs> her name was Ayako Utahara, and uh, I always give her credit for, for that song because she, um, you know, she was the inspiration behind it, and, and she was full Japanese, so that's why I say I'm grumpy. It's your fault. It's your oh. fault. I'm grumpy. It's your fault. And then other girls like from the mainland, you know, I guess it's close enough to English, so they were like, I'm grumpy. It's his fault. Mm-hmm. They're like getting into it. Yeah, screw him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We usually play towards the end, but yeah, yeah. That song that you guys yeah, are working do, on just do, now. Can, can we do it? Can you do that song? Sure. Okay, I gotta. Mm-hmm. I gotta figure out the levels now. Okay. Uh, so you you play the main thing. I'm gonna. <clears throat> so heads up. I've I've been singing in two or three hours for the past like six months. So like um, a day. So my voice is a little. Never mind. I'm Sorry, it, it you has can take that out if you want. It has character, bro. It has character. Yeah, I know what Bobby would say that. Nah, come on. What you talking about? Go, bro. Okay, shout out to Bobby Madero. Have you seen the sun? You shine on everyone Even when you're not looking What you can see is the day Well, let the sunlight shine your way Every day Take it, John. Have you felt the rain? It gets on everything. Dampens up your day. If you still believe, oh, sunlight gonna shine on me eventually. Eventually. Yeah. So it's gonna try to harmonize here. Be like my friend. Hey. 
have you seen the sun shine on everyone, even when you're not looking? Cause you can see the day when the sunlight shine your way every day, every day, every day, every day. Beautiful song. That's a bomb ass song. Yeah. It's better when he plays it too. Is oh, <laughs> I screwed up. I'm sorry. <coughs> I was gonna try harmonize with you, and then uh, and then yeah, it's okay. It's alright. Yeah, that's like you, me and my you brother harmonizing. Like you told me you wrote that like uh, <laughs> thinking of like uh, John Cruz. Like what would John Cruz sing? And then you try to write a yeah. song in his style. And oh, it really? Was through, it was through his portal. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's such a cool. That's a cool song, man. man. So such a good songwriter. So, so yeah, uh, you travel a lot to record and stuff. You don't always record in Hawaii, right? So it started because at the time, my brother, my eldest brother's wife, her father, um, she kind of discovered that he was a very famous songwriter. That's another story, but... Um, <laughs> she discovered it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, uh, come to find out, so that discovery was, um, oh, what was his name? Hank Williams Jr., so he was his band. What was his name? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's not his name. His name is Bo Roberts. Oh, okay. But and very famous in Pensacola, Florida, and pretty much the Key West area and Nashville too. Um, but but Bo Roberts. So he was his band manager, Hank Williams, mm. and very famous on you know, in in those yeah. circles yeah. at the time. And then, you know, he traveled around the world. He did his thing. But when he found out that. She had a brother-in-law that was musical, and he was visiting her here in Hawaii. Then he heard me play, and the first thing, like he, almost the whole time I was performing, he just kind of looked at me like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Then he comes up to me at the end, and he's like, you need to come down to Pensacola, Florida, and to the Floribama. There's a festival called the Frank Brown Songwriters Festival, and you need to attend this, because you need, you, need you need to plug some of those gaps. And then, mm. and then I think you'll be okay. So I went. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I went, and um, I I'm, I forget the drink that I had every night over there, but um, that was definitely part of it. Um, what were they called? Something. Mind erasers. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but yeah, they'll they'll tell you. But um, it's at the Floribama, and I, I I heard some Wayne Carson. The guy who wrote "You're Always on My Mind," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he plays it better than Willie than Nelson. anyone, and wow. Willie or or anyone else that did it. Um, Wayne Carson was a lost treasure. Mm. You know, he did. He just shows up. He's just an unassuming guy. He's, he starts playing "You're Always on My Mind," but the voice leading that he was playing on his guitar, mm. not one small error 
Like it was, it was like watching Jake on guitar, hmm. but with this like stunning vocal too. Hmm. And it blew me away. And I was like, so this guy who could have been super famous, sold his songs to a record company or wrote them for this publishing company, hmm. said publishing company made all the money, hmm. the record company. And he probably didn't get much except for, and probably not a lot of clout too, because people thought that Willie Nelson wrote that song. Mm. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, of course. I thought he wrote that song. Yeah. So that was where I learned. There's a lot actually on pop, popular music. And totally. Stuff. Yeah. And especially if you got like by, nine. By the writers. way, Devin, you have a heart out, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. You but uh, I was curious when he said gaps. What did, did he say specifically? What he meant? Oh, he knew exactly what I uh, missed and what really? would make me stronger. Yeah, because he's an amazing songwriter. He's better than me. So he was listening to your, your original stuff. I'm going, well, if you did this differently, mm -hmm. maybe... If you met these people it. and you tried to like, and you kind of like learn what they're doing, mm -hmm. then maybe you'll understand how to recreate that in your own repertoire. Yeah, wow. you know, I think when, when you get that kind of feedback from, especially like seasoned musicians, they're trying to, they're not trying to be dicks, you know? Yeah. They're trying mm -hmm. to help. Trying and to help you. If they if they didn't think you were good enough or had talent, they just wouldn't say anything. They just go like, uh, "Oh yeah, that's great. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Keep trucking." But, but the yeah. fact that they're trying to trying to, they can see the path that that you you're blind to because you haven't gone down it yet, mm -hmm. right? So they're like, "Oh, just try this," and then you know, hopefully put you on that right. It did, man. It, and then I went to with that foundation. I went to Nashville like six times. Um, I met the head of Warner Brothers, um, I forget his name right now, John Esposito. And I met him at a wedding on the North Shore. Oh, And oh, he's wow. like, hey, you know, I want you to come to Warner Brothers. You know, I, I handle, uh, what's the guy that sings, um, mm, oh, I forget the song. Something about, want to make you feel wanted. The, the, that guy, Hunter Hayes. So he was like, you know, I run Hunter Hayes right now, and I'm I'm producing all his stuff, and I think you would make a great live Beatles album. So I want you to come down to Warner Brothers, and I want you to like, you know, get involved in stuff. So I go down there. I didn't get his number because I was supposed to get catch a Dave Matthews concert in Seattle the very next oh. day, which I paid for all by myself. By the way, there is a Dave Matthews version of him singing "Me and Huli." No, not me. You can call me out. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I, just the other night, I was watching, like, Dave Matthews singing Paul Simon? I think it was from some kind of Paul Simon event. Oh, I'd love to hear that with his full yeah, band. So I can see another him one. singing that. Man walks yeah, down yeah. the street. Yeah, like with yeah. his Dave vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. It was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry to call that back, but... Okay, yeah. so Warner Brothers guy. So it was at the Gorge, and then uh, I, you know, I wanted to go to this concert so bad because if you've ever been to the Gorge, it's like one of the best concert settings ever. Oh. So this guy comes up to me, and the girl that was on his arm... After he's told me all those things, right? Then the girl looks at me. She goes, he's a real effing deal. And she walks away. And oh. then I was like, so I, w I was like, maybe I should get his number. Or maybe I shouldn't. But I got to go now. Because I had to be at the airport in two hours. And I was at Lani Kuhunua. No, oh, no, not Lani Kuhunua. I was further. I was at, um, what is it? Lo'ulu Palms. Whoa. Yeah. So I was just breaking down my stuff. I ran out. I didn't get his number. I show up in Nashville with my mom at Warner Brothers. And the security guard won't let us in. Mm. Yeah. That was one of the most gut-wrenching moments of my life. I've had maybe about like 10 of those. But I, I, it was one of those moments where no matter how old you are, you walk back to the car and you, you have a few tears with your mom. Mm -hmm. Thank God she was there. Mm -hmm. Because it, she was the most soft landing pad that I would have had. you know. And, and 
not that I couldn't have got, I mean, you know, I was a big boy, but it was, it was more like, thank, thank goodness my mom is here because mm. we could just go eat. Yeah. <laughs> and in retrospect, when you look at it years later, like these things happen for a reason. You that's know? right. Yeah. So I thought when you brought up Warner Brothers, you're going to talk about the DC universe. But that's for another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a geek out. We're gonna do a geek out pod uh, with Kamu, and then Kyle won't have to be here. Yeah, because we're gonna we'll bore you all with every single bit of well, we didn't even get geekdom. A, well, I well, he's to gonna have to come back because I, I, I do have to go. But I wanted to talk about Garbage Pail Kids. Mm-hmm. The, I didn't even realize the Garbage Pail Kids still existed, let alone their collector's items and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Man, maybe we'll, we'll touch on that. You, you don't have to stick on for that. So we'll, okay. we'll let you go. Okay. Th- thanks. Devin for, for Thank you, Devin. Five. Gotta go pick up my son again. Yeah. Hey, yeah. family first, man. It's all good. Yeah. It's I'm, all good. I probably have to do the same way. Let me check. Yeah. <laughs> Let me check. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. No, no, but I don't have to be there until 3.15. And oh, I just okay, gotta go okay, over okay. there. Okay. So we'll, we'll okay. finish this out. Right. You gotta dig down, though. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. gonna be talking and playing more? He don't wanna be full one. miss out on anything, <laughs> too. So you'll make course, Dylan yeah. wait. Well, I figure we got about 15 more minutes. Okay, I can't go that long. Yeah. All right. So All right. I figured this is a good one. Thank right you. on, Devin. Love you, sir. Thank you. Same. Keep up the great work. I, 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 you know, you said some wonderful things, and I appreciate that. Oh, they're all true. Gee. Thanks, man. Oh, we didn't even talk about your your car. I know. Well, we can talk about that when he's not here. Somebody uh, okay. broke into my car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stole a bunch of stuff. You know, we'll we'll bring Assholes. it up. We'll bring it up next week. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, okay, we'll talk yeah, about it okay. next week. Yeah, we'll be here next week. <laughs> totally random. I want to forget by then what happened. It, it's anyway, have some fun. People, uh, and then we got to go back to that everything happens for a reason couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get there. Yeah, man, in this two weeks, it's been just been nuts. I don't I don't know about everyone out, out else out there, but, you know, it, it's funny. I, um, I have a client who's a nurse here in Honolulu. And I, he, he was saying how busy he is. Mm. I was like, well, what's been busy, you know? But one of the things he said is, like, people are just hurting themselves. Because mm. now, like, uh, it's, like, game on. Like, I can leave the house. And so people are, like, going outdoors and running around and Jeez. falling and bumping into things. You know, and like pickleball. Right, pickleball, right, right. you know, like, all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, life is getting back to normal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Pickleball is a new um, snowboarding. Remember when that was... Big in Hawaii, and everybody come back with a broken arm, <laughs> broken leg. <laughs> what is pickle pickleball? What is that? It's it's like it's it's between ping pong and tennis. Yes, it's between. Be- exactly, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's between ping pong and tennis. It's played on a tennis court, but the but the thing is smaller, mm. and then it's like ping pong. I mean, just basically hitting a ball back and forth with a paddle that ah. looks like a ping a large ping pong paddle. So more of the movement, less of the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shortened field, yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine, like, I keep, I always tell people, when I was growing up, at one point in my life, we had a ping pong table in the house. And at one point, we had a pool table. Now, everybody thinks pool of, as a cooler sport, you know, like people hang out, they, they play pool and stuff like that. But ping pong, man, is exciting and competitive mm-hmm. and people get into it and it is so much fun next like, game know? yeah yeah it's still yeah. not the coolest sport than pool though yeah cool pool is a cooler yeah. sport but as far as like energy level yeah. and getting psyched about something and exercise if you had to oh oh dude you know. yeah we would have some yeah. epic ping pong battles at my house <laughs> it was like 
you know. So, yeah, so I can see why pickleball would be fun because yeah. it's basically p- ping pong with a larger paddle, you know, like, and you're moving a little bit more than you would ping pong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you don't want to play tennis, <laughs> you should yeah. probably play pickleball. Yeah. And if you want to play ping pong, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So, what what's on the horizon for you now? What what are you planning? Mm. What are you up to? Well, mm. you got your symphony that you're writing. Yeah. So I actually wrote that symphony when I was like eight. Continued it when I was like twelve. Had it read by the um, the Honolulu Symphony because we had reading, free readings when we were in college. Oh, okay. So I was writing. I was one of the students, and um, they read my piece. And at the time, it was only about thirty seconds. Maybe a little mm-hmm. longer than maybe about a minute, and um, I just kind of shelved it. And then I I lived in like five different residences between the time I sh- didn't look at it and the time I opened it up again. Mm-hmm. And then in my house recently I opened it up, and this guy his name is uh, Christopher Tin. Shout out to Christopher Tin, um, an amazing orchestrator. But I just stumbled on his stuff on Instagram, and it says it's a song called Waloyo Yamoni, and. Um, what I'm guessing. That? I'm that? guessing that's African. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, but he has the, the the London. I don't know if it was London Symphony Orchestra or somebody asked him if they could play it and sing it. So they brought in the choir and they had him do his piece. It's 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 always going to be one of my favorites. And it's mm. it sounds like Disney meets classical like oh, okay, elements okay. that yeah, matter yeah, 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 okay. kind of thing. Elements that move you. And that's very much right up my alley. I mean, that's what I was doing even when I was a kid. Simplest things. And so recently I had the tools to look at it again and say, you know what, I'm going to finish this because the publishing on these things is actually really good. If you get your piece played, let's say you write a piece and a high school somewhere in the U.S. decides to play Mm. it, they have to pay a royalty fee for that. If they pay the royalty fee, it's something like $500, which every high school can handle, right? So let's say you have that piece. Easy enough for the high school to play, easy enough for colleges to play. And maybe it's a good enough piece so that classical orchestras would want to play it mm-hmm. as well. So now you're kind of like in that in that vein. And without getting too much into it, I just said, you know, this could be could be a classic. And mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, back when I, was, when I had it read, Neil Mackay pulled me aside and he's like, you have to finish this. Like, you have to do this. So let's get this in perspective. You're listening to Boys to Men, right? And doing that R&B stuff. Then you're, you're 90s rock, alternative music. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you wrote a symphony piece. Is that, is that, is that how it goes in order? Or yeah, well, was, all that all at once? a lot more than that. But yeah, like, like, like Three Doors Down. Um, and then everything from like Booty Sweat. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shopping but, London, man. But what what is it? Um, movie. Uh, the guy, the, the G-string guy. What is his name? Alan? No, no. <laughs> the, the, oh, oh Cisco, 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 Cisco. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's Derek. Derek. Yeah, yeah. Derek. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, those, all those songs. <laughs> oh, and the other thing too was Ikaiko was starting to get popular, right? So oh, he was right, doing right, a random right, show right, right, at, I think, what is what is now either Indirect or some other business. But back then, it was uh, Locomotion. And so uh-huh. he was doing a radio show with my dad in the morning. And he was he was looking kind of good. So then he went to this audition. Well, lo and behold, he killed the Star Spangled Banner. Like, killed it. He's like, ah, like doing all these runs and stuff. And Lou Perlman's like this. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I won't get into the rest of that story. But, like, 
he got he won the audition and their whole thing was they'll go through this audition of guys going to like the mainland to no the whole thing was they wanted ikaika period that mm. was it and then they were going to get a supporting guys around ikaika that was the whole thing so not spend too much time on on, on ikaika but um he he did a wonderful job and he was very inspiring and so like i started to get into boy band stuff you know oh. since we were singing before yeah, exactly. that yeah. like boys to men and this and that um by the way, I have a really funny memory. I sang that once at Iolani uh, when I was in ninth grade. It was on Bend and Knee. And um, it was the ending part. The last one. Uh, Don't you know that the perfect life was... Whatever the lyrics are. And um, as I'm singing it, my counselor comes up to me. She, she snatches the mic from my hand. And she's like... She's like, that's enough. Because <laughs> it was that bad. I was a terrible oh, singer. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, was, I was bad. I even went on the radio one time. Well, I'm not even going to talk about that because there's, there's more to the story than that. But let's just say that I learned a lot from the things I couldn't do. Mm. You know? Yeah, you try everything and you, you come back to what your, what your mm. bread and butter is. Yeah. I, I would like to hear that your usual question at the end of every podcast how yeah, vast I was, I was of choice is going to I was going to do you know? it so okay. we're at this point alright so Kamu yep if you were stranded on a desert island for the rest of time you could only take three albums with you to listen to forever what would those three albums be? Michael Jackson Thriller good that's good one choice, yeah. Dave Matthews Band Under the Table and Dreaming mm-hmm. Ten. this is very very different yeah and I only like one song from from uh, and it's not that I only like one song I love all his stuff but the the one song I would have to have with me and this is above U2 and above Coldplay which were my main influences growing up um, it was Peter Gabriel in your eyes oh, oh yeah 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 that's a heavy song yeah so that's that's the jam I would need. So I, I, you know, you like the one song, you got to buy the whole CD. Right? Yeah, that was, right. That was the game back then. Yeah. So right. That, that I would buy. It doesn't just cost ninety nine cents like how the kids have in the audience mm-hmm. buy one song. I know yeah. kids are so spoiled nowadays. <laughs> they don't even have right. to pay ninety nine cents. I know now it's free. Well, not free, but it's just whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't, why don't we take us us off with one more song? Okay. We'll do we'll do the tracks of my tears. Oh, I like that song. All right. Send us out to Lay and Mai. We played their uh, concert the other week. So much fun. Okay. Cause I tell a joke or two Although I might be laughing Loud and hearty Deep inside I'm blue Take a good look at my face 
You see that my smile looks out of place If you get closer, it's easy to trace The tracks of my tears Since you left me, if you see me with another girl Looking like I'm having fun Although she might be cute, she's just a substitute Because you're the permanent one Take a good look at my face You'll see that my smile looks out of place if you get closer, it's easy to trace the tracks of my teeth. Oh, oh, need you. Just F and C. Need you. Just F and C stuff. Outside, I'm masquerading. Inside, my heart is aching. Just a clown Since you let me down My smile is my makeup I wear since my breakup With you Baby take a good Look at my face You'll see that my smile Looks out of place If you get closer It's easy to trace Tracks of my teeth. Baby, take a good look at my face. You'll see that my smile looks out of place. If you get closer, it's easy to trace the tracks of my teeth. Tracks of my teeth. Thanks, man. Thanks, Kamala. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Hollows it. Hollows to all of our patrons. We'll see you next week. Take care. Episode. Good luck, guys.